All right, so today's conversation was a lot of fun. We just got a uh, really great conversation with Trent Travis of Cross Path Church in Tennessee. And Austin, you've known him for a little bit. Yeah, met him in 2019, and his beard has just gotten more luscious. So he's Hasn't great. it? Hasn't it? It filled the screen perfectly. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Uh, now, Trent, Trent's an interesting uh, interview, and it was a great person to talk to. By the way, I've met him in person before, so it's cool to kind of circle back and see him now. Um, post-COVID in his, you know, church, uh, you know, they're, they're going now and it's great, but he's, he doesn't fit your typical church planner, uh, formula or, um, mold. He's, he's over 40 and he'll speak about that candidly. That's fine. He's got that amazing beard, but the amazing beard has some wisdom in it. Uh, dude was a former fireman, uh, EMS, uh, guy. He's, he lived in a couple of States. He's, he's <laughs> spun around the sun a few times, Oh yeah. but I think with all that, he's got a lot of great wisdom to offer, man. I thought, I thought what he said was really good. Yeah. Grandpa church planter, homeless and unemployed. One of my favorite things he said <laughs> was that you better be clear on who you are or it will eat you up. And loved it, man, that is so true. And Trent brings it, dude. And he uh, really does. If only you could see his beard. Just imagine a beard <laughs> from this dude named Trent. And he looks like he needs glasses too. So imagine that. So you're building a all great of, picture. All of that packaged in the basement of some other dude's house he ended up telling us. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's still homeless and unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a phenomenal interview with somebody who's seen a few things, done a few things. Again, doesn't fit the mold, but it's doing great things for the kingdom, of course. And we'll of course put a Instagram post out there somewhere where you can enjoy his beard and his general just his general vibe. So we love yeah. Trent. We appreciate him coming on. So listen to this conversation with Trent of Cross Path Church. All right. Hey, Austin Coleman, Trent Travis. We're talking about church planning, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this today, uh, mainly because you're one of the first people we're talking to. Uh, and again, I should say for any listeners who don't happen to see this on YouTube or somewhere else that we're talking to a beard first and then a person second. <laughs> before we a very blind. Yeah, before we jump into really important things uh, like church planning, let's talk about the most important things. Like how long have you been growing that beard, man? Uh, man, I, so I was in the fire service for a, a long time, almost 20 years. And so I had to shave every single day. And so when I left the fire department, I said, I'm never shaving again. That's, <laughs> that didn't happen. I didn't realize actually like a, a legit beard is like way more work than shaving. So, yeah. But now this currently, this current growth, uh, maybe six months or so. That's How do you care for it? Wow. How do I care for it? Yeah. Very gently and delicately. <laughs> yeah, you do. All right. No, I, uh, no, man, a little beard oil, a little beard balm, blow dry, condition in the shower, you know. Oh my God. That's so just much like work. you do the hair on your head, man. <laughs> That's so much work. I don't, I don't fix my hair on my head. That's why I can't, you know, grow it on my face. That's crazy. Y'all don't uh, use the three in one body wash? That's, like, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does your, does your wife appreciate the beard? Uh, you know what? She always hated it. She okay. hated it. And she's like, you got to cut that off. And right. so like New Year's Day one day, uh, I'm, we're traveling with visiting family back home in Kentucky. And I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it today, New Year's Day. So I cut it way back and she could hear the, the clippers running in the bathroom and she opened the door and she goes, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, you said cut my beard off, and she goes. Oh. I said you don't like it, do you? <laughs> <She> said, <laughs> Did you lose all your strength? Is it like a Samson thing? Uh, uh, it, it, something like that. No, she's like she's she's like. Uh, 
maybe not that short. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so it turns out she likes it. She will never claim it, but yeah, uh, right. she likes it. That's good. All right. Hey, man. So you're married. You have a kid or two or 12. Tell us about that real quick. Yeah, my wife, Rachel, is, uh, man, she's uh, the best thing ever happened to me, man. And I know that's like the most used cliche, but Austin's met her and mm -hmm. he knows that is the absolute truth. I'm married way up. And then we have two little boys. I call them little. Uh, Ethan is a freshman in high school this coming year and mm -hmm. and uh, 15 years old. And Ma Matthew is, is eight and uh, he's going into the third grade here. Wow. All right. So you your wife is great. She made my kids towels. She made, so, oh, sorry, she, she made towels? She made yeah. them towels. One has a K for Kobe and one has a C for Cash. And that's how we knew. We just knew, man. <laughs> that's next level. That's next so, level friendship. It is. That's your superpower. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Trent, you started a church. Um, and somehow along the lines, you thought that was a good idea. God told you to do that somewhere. Or you just stumbled across bad pizza one day. We don't really know. Uh, but then you also just said you spent a few, few years in the fire service and EMS. So... I'm curious to know that transition. When, when, and where was yours? You know, so-called burning bush moment or something where you're like, you know what, we should, we should go start a church. Walk us through that whole process. It's it's so funny, man. I f I felt like I had a call to ministry like 17 years old, and I kind of fought that off for a few years, and then I went and talked to a couple of pastor friends of mine. I was about 20, um, and uh, they're like, okay, here's the deal: do anything you can except ministry until you can't do anything except ministry. Interesting. So I took their advice. <laughs> so I, I went to, I went to work at the fire department uh, and I was 22 years old when I started at the fire department. And so 17 years later is when we felt like, okay, I can't do anything else besides ministry. We serve by vocationally, so, um, you know, just kind of helping out in church to begin with. And then, um, Bivocationally, it went from volunteering to being paid because there I was there more than most people, mm -hmm. and so they're like, "We're just going to start paying this guy a little something." So, um, so I started bivocationally, and then about seven or eight years into that, we're just like, "Okay," and and literally at the bedside, I, I, we got what we call divine discomfort, and at the bedside of the lieutenant's bedroom. At Station 3 in the firehouse in Winchester, Kentucky, I, I I know it's really weird, but I got on my knees beside the bed, and I'm like, all right, God, if this isn't it, you're going to have to show me hmm. um, what it is. And within five minutes, um, I, I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew what it was. And so we packed up our family and moved to Vero Beach, Florida, and, and uh, took a full-time vocational pastor's job there as a connections pastor. Oh, wow. Wait, so... If my math is correct, you were 39 when you went into full-time ministry. Is that right? Correct. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah, I was 39. I'm old, y'all. I mean, <laughs> no, you're not. Beard covers a lot of age. You look so good. You look so good. Okay. So, so okay. You, you, I love that clarity and the dis divine discomfort. I've heard that phrase before. I like that. Um, but, and then what? Somebody had called you and just said, hey, you need to move to Vero Beach. Like, how, does, how did that whole, quote, clarity come from? Where'd that come from? So I, we inside of uh, I'm connected with the Church of God at Anderson, mm -hmm. and so inside of that, there's a kind of a ministry connector, like just people who might be looking for people and uh, that kind of thing. And so I I hadn't I hadn't been on this website or anything in a while, and I had like a little notice in my email box, and, and I'm like, hmm, I'll open that up, and within five minutes, and I I knew. 
I knew that I knew that I knew actually I called my wife and I'm like, uh, uh, how do you feel about moving to Florida? And she goes, oh, what are you dreamed up now? Cause you know, church planters are dreamers. And, uh, she's like, so what are you thinking about now? And I'm like, here's what I know. Hmm. And we're going to have to go to, to Florida. There's a long story behind that because this church in Florida was much larger. I mean, it was large enough to afford a connections pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and, and connections pastor is on down the list of pastors sure, you hire. Sure. Uh, so they were large enough to afford a connections pastor. And, and, um, and so I didn't realize the, the previous seven years of ministry had to be, been developing me, um, this, uh, preparation mm-hmm. to, to do connections and so uh, mostly in small groups and assimilation. And so that's what they were looking for. They interviewed us and it was almost an instantaneous offer. Oh, wow. And so they had been searching for a couple of years to fill this position. Just didn't feel like someone was called. They were very focused on the call and they were willing to wait until, hmm. I mean, they interviewed dozens of people and they were willing to wait until they said, this person's called for, for connections. All right. So. so I hear you saying you went from Kentucky to Florida, but you're, yes. you're talking to us right now from Tennessee at the church that you lead. So how the heck did you get from Florida back to Tennessee? It's so weird. So <clears throat> there was some transition in our church, uh, in Florida, you know, uh, those, those battles that happen inside yeah. of church. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, uh, our elders board, unbeknownst to the rest of the staff, we had not, I think we had nine pastors on staff and, and, um, we showed up for staff meeting one morning and the elders board was there and said, Hey, uh, we released a senior pastor <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and it's like, Oh no. So, um, it started a, a progression that led to a drop in giving and, mm-hmm. That led to layoffs, and several people later, we're gone, and several people's gone, and so we spent a year and a half in transition, and we 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 call it our year and a half of being homeless and unemployed, <laughs> not like uh, homeless in a van down by the river, but literally we put our house on the market and sold in a week. Oh wow! And so we were scrambling, and we didn't want to buy because we didn't know where we were going sure. next. So so we lived in borrowed houses for a year and a half. Oh wow! So. And for a year and a half, we, uh, we just looked for calling, had like 13 job offers in a year and a half and just felt like we're not going back into a situation, hmm. uh, to where that is just not deeply calling. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we turned all of those crazy job offers down. Some of them I swore I'd never dreamed I, I wouldn't get those kind of offers, but I got offers and it just wasn't God. And so, hmm. uh, we kept looking and then randomly at a at a conference uh in florida i'm almost back to my room on the last day we're at the marriott world center if you know anything about that place you got to walk like five miles to your room from just the conference. There. yep oh man so i'm 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 two and a half miles back to my room <laughs> i'm about to walk in and and my phone rings and it's a guy it's a pastor friend of mine from indiana he said hey you still in the building and i said well technically i'm in the building <laughs> But I'm very far away from you. And he's like, hey, can you come back down here? I have a pastor friend who is in Texas. Or no, I'm sorry. He was in New Mexico. So my, my pastor friend from Indiana is talking to a, one of our pastor friends from New Mexico. 
who asked me if I would be interested in planning a church in Tennessee. Oh, geez. And so, um, that makes sense. Yeah. It's <laughs> I like that so person. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it's, it's weird because three years before our transition, we had been starting through some evaluations for planting, mm-hmm. uh, with, with, uh, with an organization that evaluates planters. Mm-hmm. And, um, when all the stuff started to go a little bit South inside, um, what was going on in the church, we pulled back from that, leaned in to make sure we were investing in the church we were at because they just needed it. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of ditched all of that. We hadn't even, it's weird for a year and a half. We didn't even, we didn't even think about planting. Hmm. We thought while you you were homeless, you didn't, while we were homeless and unemployed, we never thought about planting, even though we had already been through a bunch of evaluation stages and stuff for, for planting. And, it just never came to us. And so <laughs> I have no idea why, but, um, but the pastor from New Mexico kind of got that turned back up in our brain a little bit and started growing our hearts a little bit. And, hmm. and so, um, he connected us to, um, uh, a, a, it's actually, it was weird. It was a church in Tennessee who wanted to surrender their pro- building, their property. It was great location, great place perfect location in this town and uh, they wanted to just give it all to us if we would just uh, start a new work wow and so we started to walk through that process we came to visit we drove through town and there's literally a church on three out of four corners on multiple intersections and there's churches everywhere and um we're like no this isn't the place for us we wanted to be where there's a, a huge harvest wow and uh we are coming from the, we're coming from Vero Beach, Florida, which is uh, just north of the West Palm Corridor, mm-hmm. which a couple of years ago was proclaimed the least church area of the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, so we felt like we were at a place where there was a harvest. We just didn't have a, a, a serving position there. And so did not. Well, so something that sticks out, and I know we're glossing through this pretty quick, but I want to, I want you somehow to, to dig in. Like you're, you're, over 40 now at, at this point of moving into Johnson city. Is that right? Cause am, yeah. So yeah. you're over 40 at this point. Uh, I'm assuming by this point you've got, you've got the kids, right? So uh, you, you're having conversations in Orlando about moving from state to state. You've from people in New Mexico telling you to move to Tennessee and all this kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> now, historically, or generally speaking, I'm assuming like even in my story, I've, I've moved a little bit, but once you're North of 30, 35, 40 years old, you're just not eager to just be bouncing around the country like that. Is, is that a personality thing? Did you grow up that way? Because at the same time, you you spent a lot of time in the the EMS, the fire service in a quote, you know, stable or a long term. And now here you are bouncing around homeless and moving states to start a church that hopefully is going to work. Maybe it's going to work. Like, I mean, walk me through how you're feeling about all that. And I'd love to know, is your wife like just perfectly in line with everything going on during that time? Um. Man, that's a whole nother story is how, <laughs> how perfectly in line she yeah. is, actually. Uh, when I said, man, God created for me a perfect uh, helpmate, mm-hmm. workmate, a ministry mate, uh, he really did. But um, no, it, it was it was terminal, man. Our, our kids were in a great school. Yeah. That our, our significantly larger church in Florida had a... a a private school connected to it. Mm. And part of my package was my kids got to go for free wow. <laughs> to that mm. school. And it was a tremendous school. And, uh, the only school my oldest child had known at the time. I mean, wow. when we moved to Florida, uh, he was just part of the way through his kindergarten year mm. in Kentucky. Um, uh, 
And so he had never known any other school, never known any other friends. And, and, uh, man, that's the, that's probably the uh, toughest thing. Hardest on you or hardest uh, on yeah. him? What do you think? Uh, hardest on me because you had to move them. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so and when, and I spent, so you're like, is that your ch- part of your childhood? No, I was born in Kentucky and raised in the same house until wow. I was 20 years old. And then when I moved out and on my own and then I didn't get married till 27, she's from the same town. I mean, we were born and raised and I spent my first 39 years in, mm. in, uh, our little small town in Kentucky. And wow. so, um, nope, not part of who I was DNA wise. Um, it's does that funny. Make it all of my more, family still. Does that ahead. make it more terrifying or does that oh. make it exciting or what is that? Well, as part of the, I think as part of the planters mentality is, is that you look forward to new challenges. You look forward to starting something, pressing go. And, uh, you look forward to, you know, it's like the roller coaster, man. You, it's at the top of the hill and you can't wait to fall to the other side and you don't know what the other side could be falling, but you still want to get there. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's, I I guess part of that is that mentality. It's a little bit like a a firefighter. I mean, firefighters run into buildings that people are running out of. Right. And so it's, I I guess some of that is a little bit of adrenaline inside of me. I was raised in sports, like heavily in sports. And so it's competition, new challenges and there. So I think that's part of the planter mentality. I think that's what you have to have some degree of. If you don't, you're going to get run over or yeah. uh, beat down. And so I, I think some of that was some new challenges. But, hmm. but for my kids, that if it wasn't so hard on my kids, I might I might jump positions every three to five years just hmm. because I, I'm I'm intrigued, inspired, challenged by by new by new tasks to take on and defeat. And so. Uh, Okay, hang but on. So that, I want to talk. That's what makes it hard. That's fascinating, right there. So um, catch us up to look. So how old are you right now? I'm 47 years old. And then how long have you been like as this lead pastor at this church plant? Uh, <laughs> technically, we launched February uh, 20th of this year. Yeah. But technically, we we moved here. February 7th of 2020. And just a couple of weeks later, this little thing called COVID. Hit. <laughs> right, right. And so um, we were supposed to launch at the same time Austin launched in yeah. uh, September of 2020. Right. And uh, it did not happen uh, for us. So um, I have been the senior pastor of, or the senior leader of, of this, uh, this church for a little over two years, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Trent, we, Go ahead and touch on as well, like you said you were moving there and a lot of it had to do with getting connected to this church with this building, mm-hmm. ready to give it away. <laughs> and I know a little bit about that, but that didn't happen, right? No, it did not. It did not. <laughs> and it's funny, uh, it didn't happen and we still moved here anyway. Because uh, we had a little woodshed moment, uh, truthfully. Uh, I had suffered two, I guess incidents of church hurt and so uh, let, let me uh how many times have you heard that i'm a church planter because i came out of a broken oh, no. church yeah. it's my favorite yeah. most church plants if you don't know are just strategically named church splits yes uh so <laughs> oh no i'm sorry i'm sorry there's a stat for that somewhere out I'm of sure, this but go ahead. That, so that's funny but no um 
but we didn't want to be that. We actually had people in the church there in Florida. It's like, Hey, would you start something new here? Would you start something new in the next town up? Would you start some? And we're like, mm, no, can't be part of anything that would uh, be d- dividing of the church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just really challenge people there. Stay where you're at. Do not leave. As a, I, I told them, this is my line. I'm going to claim this. I will forever. As a pastor, I only ever want to be a reason someone comes to church. Mm-hmm. I never want to be a reason someone leaves church. That's good. And so, um, and that's good and bad. If something bad happens to me, still don't leave. Lean into where God put you. Um, but no, we uh, we started to pray through because we were like, no, we don't want to go here. Mm-hmm. We're in Johnson City, and there's churches everywhere in Johnson City. Uh, the Tri-Cities is uh, about half a million people in the three, a little over half a million people um, in the three cities, Johnson City, Kingsport, and Bristol. Mm-hmm. And we got here, and there's churches everywhere. And um, we're like, no, nah, we want to be where there's a, a significant harvest for us to tap into. And, and um we got back and we're just praying through and we're like, this is not, and this is when the church was wanting to give us their building. And then we're like, yeah, this isn't it. And so we thought we're going to fast and pray for a week and really invest some time into if this is what we're supposed to do. Hmm. And so uh, doing, doing that, man, we got to the end of the week and we didn't hear anything uh, until uh, the last day of the week. And I'm out, Rachel and I sat down and I said, Hey, so what's God told you this week and fast and pray? And she's like, yep, nothing. I'm like, great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And she said, what about you? I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. And then, um, so we, we separate in our own rooms. We do our morning, um, quiet time just by ourselves. And I come out cause God had, I mean, it was clear as day. Give me a scripture. It's, it's wait on the Lord. Uh, be strong and courageous. Yes. Wait on the Lord. You know, that last part's mm. in there because I'm stubborn. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait on the Lord. Yes. Trent, I mean it really wait on the Lord. And so we, we said, we're not supposed to make a decision on this yet. Mm. So we both sat in our backyard and, and shed some tears and going, really, we're still waiting after a year and a half. Mm. God, we're sold out to wherever you call us and yeah, we're still waiting. So, okay. Uh, so it wasn't until a couple of weeks. Oh, go ahead. Well, like that, that's hard to do. And I wonder, and maybe this is a simple answer. Is it, is it just because of your age and maturity that you're able to do that? Because a year and a half or three months of quote, waiting on the Lord to most people is, well, God shut the door and they've got that open and closed door theology stuff. But frankly, I personally don't buy into a whole lot, but, but, but here you are um, committed and as best you can tell, this is what God's telling you to do or not telling you to do. And you're going to do the last thing he told you to do. So what do you attribute that to? Again, is that, is that a, your Enneagram number? Is it your, your maturity? Is it some things you've seen God do in your life? It's not my Enneagram number because <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy who would run over people. You know, normally I'm uh, our first call to vocational ministry. The pastor said, hey, Trent, I want you to start groups. And he looked at Rachel and he said, but your job is to keep a leash on him because I don't want him to hmm. start it for a year. Yeah. And so, cause I just, I'm, I'm, I, I attack like a dog. And yeah. so, uh, that's my natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think if I could, you know, that's probably the greatest advice I could tell, you know, someone planting a church, uh, planting a church is not a young man's game. I'm really old. I'm like on, I'm like grandpa church planters. <laughs> so we went. Austin and I went to the same assessment, the same organization together. I was by far the oldest person in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except I for in, like I was the like, old hey, dudes. Dad. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm like late into this game, but here's what I, I would say. I brought wisdom out mm-hmm. of that in my 15, uh, well, almost at this point, almost 15 years of ministry. Mm-hmm. If you include the year and a half, we're homeless and unemployed. Mm-hmm. Lean into that, uh, Trent, for just a second, because you said church planning is not a young man's game. Because mm-hmm. my my whole life since college, I've heard it is a young man's game. Right. And I thought I, I we went in at 28 and I thought I wasn't young enough. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. I, maybe I said that wrong. It is. It's not an old man's game. It, it okay. is a younger person's game, but it should. It has to be a mature younger person, um, because if I could give any advice to any church planter, is before you jump to plant, do you better be sure of who you are. Mm-hmm. You better be sure of who you are because it will eat you up you will question who you are every single day of your life mm-hmm. uh in the midst of, of planting so you better know who, i mean you better be sound on who you are not who you want to be i know you want to be the next uh, groschel or furtick mm-hmm. or some dude on a big stage i know that's who you want to be i'm not saying that i'm not saying I have a good idea of who you want to be you better have a really good solid idea of who you are mm-hmm. uh, because it will eat you it, it, if, if you're not so i, I think Maybe because of of who I am naturally, I needed the I needed maybe the extra maturity. I need the extra work, and and um, I I think I needed to see small church. I mm-hmm. needed to see big church. I needed to work in different roles and different positions and learn uh, all the things that I didn't know. I didn't know, right? Because um, I really always say that a lot. There's things in this life you don't know. And you know that you got to ask because you don't know. Right. But there's things in this life that you don't know you don't know. Right. Um, Yeah. And you don't even know to ask the questions for those. So where does the 47 year old guy or I guess 45 at this point, where, where, where are you getting that wisdom? I mean, are you just cold calling the, the other pastors out there? You've got friends from Kentucky. Like what did you do to actively seek some of that wisdom that to, to find out what you don't know that you don't know? Um, so my, I, uh, my kind of my personal mentor has been for many, many years because I was just deeply in small group ministry is, uh, uh, Rick Howerton. Mm. He once, I was once at a conference he did and he was talking about, Hey, you know, don't be afraid to approach people. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask them. And I mean, the guy's leading this big conference. And so I walked up to him after say, Hey, you, you want to be a mentor to me? <laughs> He's like, uh, well, he said it. <laughs> hey, I'm like you offered, you know, I mean, you, yeah. So, uh, I talked to Rick, I used to talk to him way more than I, I get a chance to now. Um, but Rick is, man, he's, uh, he's known more about, um, he, he's forgotten more about small group ministry than I mm. will ever know. Mm. And most people and, and just, um, deeply into relational ministry. And so he invested in me and, and still I talk to him, you know, every other month or so. And we have some good conversations. But as I learned, Rick planted a, a couple of churches. And um, so he got to pour into me, not just in the small group world, but he's now pouring into me inside of the the, the plant world. And um, he's seen the, the difficult stuff. He knows things that I didn't know I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've got other coaches plant you know mm-hmm. whatever but but it's really best if you got that person who knows you mm-hmm. um i mean rick knows me he knows my faults he knows my greatest weaknesses the guy knows me yeah and so it's really that person who knows you because they know the stuff you don't know right that you didn't know yeah and so 
Rick planted a church uh, just a few years ago as one of the top five fastest growing churches in the country. Mm. Uh, passed down to his son. His son was leading it then, and they've now both moved uh, to Texas. And right. so there, he's in. A, uh, Josh is his son. Yeah, and uh, he's doing good stuff. Their, at their passion. Point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing right. great, great, man. I, I love to hear that guy speak. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, if you haven't had the chance to meet the guy behind the guy who yeah. brought up that kid, uh, man, Rick, his dad is just an unbelievable relational leader, uh, and and he's poured into me personally, and that's great, and checks on me and stuff. So that that yeah. that's the guy I probably leaned into most because he knows me most. Sure. And I mean, I love the point that you know, going back to what I was looking for and very helpful is. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask. I'm glad he told you that. And I'm glad you did that. I do find a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people want to stand in the corner or the shadows. You know, I've been a part of a few conferences at big churches or whatever. And there's always the guy standing in the corner, just hoping somebody will just kind of sneeze in their direction and they'll catch something. But, um, but I appreciate just the, the simple wisdom of like, just lean forward, walk over to somebody, ask them a question. Okay. What are you doing from 2020 to 2022 during this, you know, crazy world shutdown thing? Uh, You know, you said earlier, wait on the Lord, but, but that's that's one very vague, very boring. What are you physically actively doing for two years? It could be related to the church plan, or maybe you're like, hey, we're not doing a daggum thing. I went and got a job at Home Depot. Like, what did you do for those two years in waiting? Um, it's a lot of time spent sobbing, um, <laughs> doubled over at the edge of my bed going. Does that pay well? Is that, is that a good job? I don't know. <laughs> not a bit, not a bit. I mean, if man, I'm telling you, if you could, uh, if you could get paid, uh, for practicing, uh, bipolar, schizophrenic, yeah. sobbing, no, I'm not, I'm just kidding. And then I would be a millionaire. Right. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not those things, but I, I felt like, uh, many times in that, a couple of years that I was those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're coming out of the pain. No, we're back in. No, we're coming out. Yeah. No, we're back in. Yeah. And I mean, I spent a lot of that time truthfully with guys like Austin mm-hmm. and some other guys who went through some processes with us and, you know, leaning in. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. And can I tell you, here's, you want to give you this is my wisdom here's learner from this. Do it. Be the last guy who launches. Interesting. Can you, Cause you can see all the crap that the dudes are going through first and you're like, dude, he did that. And <laughs> Crazy people like Austin who's trying to start a church yes. in, in Rona. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that did not work <laughs> right. at all. And I mean, or, I'm like, don't do that. Or man, he killed that. You know, that looks like it's really good, you know? And it was the whole online church for a little bit. And I'm like, do we want to invest a lot? No, it worked uh, for a second and then it's gone. And uh, so we got the benefit of watching other successes and, and uh, we once I heard, once heard a guy on a on one of these little Zoom things, and he said a great he said a great powerful message to, for for planters. He said, "I've heard he goes I've never heard of a single planter who said, man, I wish I'd have launched earlier.' <laughs> but I've heard a million of them said, I wish I waited a little bit longer. That's interesting. And so, <laughs> yes, I, I mean, there's some benefit in in sometimes waiting and sure. to make sure uh, you're but, all healthy. So. so- Trent, you moved February of 2020. We met October 2019, right, at the assessment. And then you were doing whatever you were doing to get moved in February. You get there in February, and in February, you assumed that you would launch in September, right? Correct. And so at what point in the pandemic did you decide, oh, shoot, this is not happening in September? 
just because of the way I am, it probably was July. Uh, I mean, truthfully, because I probably should have decided way earlier, but I am an attack dog and I'm thinking I'm going, I can still do this. And, and, um, so it was probably July before I said, yeah, I should be doing our, our team, um, our team building stuff and assigning roles and, yeah, we're not there yet. I mean, I think at that point we had like 12, 14 people and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is not, this is not it. And so, um, we press pause and man, there's a thousand things that happen inside of that. Could we have launched earlier? We could have a couple of times, but, um, so and I, at some I pushed, point you, at some point you lost the building, right? So well, yeah. where did oh, that yeah. happen? So, mm-hmm. Well, it, it initially happened before we moved here and then they reopened some conversations with us after we moved here. Uh, so they actually pulled back on the building before we decided that we were going to go ahead and come hmm. and um, started getting to that a minute ago. But what really happened is we, we found some research that said, you know, the tri cities of the, of Tennessee is the number three or four most church, most church, my Bible minded area of the United States. And I'm like, great that's fun now we don't have to go let's go i do not want to go there so we're great and then uh like barna the very next barna research thing after that was uh the least church areas so this is like mm. the top five most bible-minded area in the united states and it's like it's in top 100 it's like 80th least mm. church areas in the united states mm. and mm. it really solidified in us that these are our people because we're Bible-minded. We love God. We love his people. We're Bible-minded. But with what we had endured our previous two churches, we're like, we're done with church. Yeah. We we love God. We love his people. We'll do church at our house. We'll do something else because church, church is, it really is not good. And so, but then when we read those stats, one of the most Bible-minded and one of the most least church, I'm like, those are our people. Mm-hmm. They love God. They love others. They just are spent on the church. Mm-hmm. They're just, and we're like, okay, that's uh that's where we need to pack up and go. So we packed up and came and then they started a discussion with us again and then pulled back for a final time. And, and so we were scrambling to hmm. then find a place to meet. And, uh, in our area of East Tennessee, it's like explosively rapidly growing. It's like a 70% uh, change, uh, in population, you know, in the 2020 census. Oh, wow. Uh, there was like a 70% growth in the, in the, from the previous year. I mean, it was ridiculous trying to find a house here mm-hmm. and even more ridiculous to find a location. Like the cheapest rent we have found here for something that's over 2000 square feet is like eight grand a month. And, uh, <laughs> and so eight grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not there. Yeah. We're still probably, we're not there still. I mean, we're still not there and we're doing great sure. uh, where we are, but, uh, but we're not eight grand a month. Sure. So. All right. So tell us, let's start, let's start from the day you start this church officially or you launch or whatever the phrase mm-hmm. is. What, tell us about that day and then let's move forward after that. Okay. So we have no commons area in our space. We're meeting at 2,300 square feet currently. Okay. Uh, and that sounds like that's a pretty good size building, except, I mean, pretty good size for a, a, a worship center. That's awesome, except there's four classrooms, an office, a kitchenette, three bathrooms, and a worship area. <laughs> right, so right, right. Our main building seats 70. Okay. So it's and a we house. Have so no, it's a house, yeah. 
It's a house. I mean, it really yeah. is. It's twenty three hundred square feet. It's a nice house. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our main building, our main worship area, seats seventy. We can cram ninety, like if we put yeah, sure. chairs in every possible location. Yeah. And so we bought ninety chairs just in case. Um, and so um, our only common space is outside in a parking lot mm-hmm. in a tent. Yeah. And so we bought the largest pop-up tent you can find. It's like 20 by 20. Mm-hmm. It's got walls on it. And, I mean, and then we have another pop-up tent. And so we're we're trying to create outdoor space. Uh, we seat 70. We launched with 271 people in three services. That's awesome. And um, seven people saved on lunch day. And those mm-hmm. were great, awesome stats, mm-hmm. except for... Uh, almost 70 of those people we knew were not coming back because mm. they were like friends and family that right. traveled and wanted to come and see uh, what happened. So now we're working with like 200 people mm-hmm. and you know, you're going to expect a 35 to 45% drop in the, in the first 10 weeks. And so we have experienced that. That's not anything that we're immune to. Mm-hmm. And so uh, on our best days, we run 120 to 150. On our worst days, we run 60 to 80. Okay, so keep going. Tell us uh, a few more of those so, stats. Like you started with three services. What do you do now? You do three still? two services, but okay. we're about to back up to one just okay. for the remaining 11 weeks of summer. Okay. Um, and then and then go back to two once the whole uh, summer lull yeah, is right. over. As long as the summer lull is over. And we're, we're pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're fairly confident that that's the case. I mean, even in the last three weeks, we've, you know, we, we count families that, mm-hmm. that are risen. So just in the last three weeks, we've had five families. Uh, so we continue to get one, two, three families a week, mm-hmm. uh, still visiting and, and attaching to the church. So we're, we're fairly sure that we're, you know, we're in the, uh, the classic summer lull. Yeah. Sure. Are those families like your, are you tracking those as first time guests? Are they tracking as just like families that are now a part of the church or how are you tracking that? Oh no, those are, those are new. You know, we get, you know, one, one, I would say one to five on our best week will be five. Those are first time. Those are first time visitors. Hmm, gotcha. And so, uh, but we're gradually at it. So I would say one of every five first time, mm-hmm. uh, visiting families, one of them attached. Okay. To our church yeah. and, and continue to, to lean in. What so. percentage of, of your total human attendance uh, did you are you selling or are you uh, seeing as kids like fifth grade and under? Just roughly. Percentage. I would say probably 20, 20 to 25 percent. OK, that's so, good. I mean, we have a we have a pretty good uh, children's ministry right. kind of set up we got a i mean we got a lot of young families just on our team in general yeah. so yeah a lot of our basis of people are like like austin's got a lot of college right age people in his you know he's he you know about three years he's going to have a growth boom like he's never seen because of you mm-hmm. know those college people get married and they start having babies man look out mm-hmm. you know so we're at the they've just had babies kind of mark and so we have a lot of of kids um 15 to newborn. Right. What's your, what's your team look like? Do you have a staff? Are you paying anybody? Do you have kind of chief roles, a worship leader, that kind of stuff? Tell us about that team. We we do. We have a worship pastor. Oddly enough, I'm sitting in his basement right now, so I'm not at (laughs) home. So you're still living in other people's houses. Got it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, kind of. No, I'm not living here, but, uh, but we're actually in Greenville, Tennessee. We're in the next county over. We're, we're working. So a bunch of our team is working at a, uh, a kid's camp this week. We're cooking and, you know, doing some things. And so I'm like, Hey, uh, camp, 
I can get Wi-Fi here, but it's not great. So yeah, like I'm gonna come and crash at your basement for an hour. Oh, dude, appreciate and that. And so, uh, so I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in his basement today. But uh, but yeah, we have a we have a worship pastor. Um, he was in the ordination process when we started and completed that about uh, mm-hmm. about a year ago now. And so um, and so he's he's on staff. Him and his wife lead worship for us. They are. Uh, outstanding mm-hmm. uh one of, they are the very first couple to join our team they tracked us down we were oh, looking wow. for them and they caught us and they're like hey um we feel like we need to talk and so we met with them the first time i said hey i'm gonna call you back in a week sure and just see where you are they called me back in two days and said we're not where we are is where we are we're we're in and so wow. they've been with they've been in with us since uh, two weeks after we got here oh wow and so they've been in the tough times crying with us sitting in our living room going this is stupid crazy what in the world yeah. and uh and they're still all in today and so thankful for them so but, when they uh, tracked you down when mm-hmm. they tracked you down was there something that that they saw on social media was it a mailer a billboard how did they track you down so the original pastor who was leading that church uh that had it contacted us about he asked he told them he's like hey there's some new people that might be coming to town to start a new work uh i think you should meet gotcha them. and so they were serving at another church they weren't on staff at that church they mm-hmm. were just really active in the worship ministry they're both uh they both have jobs uh right now and actually oddly enough though she just quit hers to be more involved in the plant and uh, some things we're doing, and so she's she just stepped back from her job, and so the end of this month is the end of her job, so she can be more fully invested in the church and what we're doing, and and uh, so he works for Microsoft remotely, um, and so that's uh, that they're all in, and so if we if I could oh, about that if if I could have a if I could have about twenty of those people just like him. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that it, isn't so. that the statement? Yeah, if I could only yeah, have that. So I, we, as far as paid staff, we don't pay anybody. We don't pay them. Yeah. Uh, technically, we don't pay me. <laughs> like I draw yeah. no salary. I draw I draw a housing allowance sure. from our uh, state ministries that help mm-hmm. you know invest in our plant. Uh, they they've not they don't pay me that. I mean they they give some support money to Crosspath Church and Crosspath uh, pays that to me and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they don't pay the whole chunk. I mean, they pay some of it, and then what we take in and offering and stuff is right. So part of that, but I get a little bit of housing allowance, no salary yet. That's helpful. Um, all right, so just as we kind of wind down, we've talked through some history. We've heard your story, but you know, being one of the older, like you said, you're the you're the older guy. Or Austin's calling you dad at your assessment. Um, so that's good. <laughs> um, you know, give us give us a couple of thoughts. What you know, you, you've seen a lot, uh, not just in the church planning world, but church leadership and just life in general. You've lived on the planet a little longer than, than a lot of your typical church planners, I understand. Um, and you gave us a little bit of wisdom earlier, uh, you know, maybe like, um, you know, be the, be the last one to plant, you know, in, in that certain season. And, you know, if you've got some people around you doing similar things. Um, but what, what, what would you have maybe done different uh, throughout the entire church plant process, not going back to Vero, but just let's say in the last two years, what maybe a, there's a one or two things you would do different. And again, they don't have to be regrets. These aren't like negative things, but now with hindsight and some wisdom, um, you know, is there anything you might change and, and offer advice to the next guy? Yeah, I would say I really followed, you know, the church plant playbook mm-hmm. and 
I'm going to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> no more than I will. That's for sure. One size fits none, baby. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. I would say follow your organization's playbook, except know who you are and be you. And if so, like for, for us, intrasocials like they are in the playbook, mm-hmm. they did not work. Mm not work mm-hmm. and so we built team a, a different way and we were forced to i mean we had an intrasocial where one person showed up oh wow and dude we invested money mm-hmm. and we had i mean we we had a place and this place was investing you know team with us they'd actually donated their team their time their food their coffee you mm-hmm. know and and we had one person show up mm-hmm. and it was brutal and so my thing is know where you're serving we're in the Appalachian Highlands, and it's uh, it's called the Highlands. There's a clan mentality here mm-hmm. that people clan up together, and they know the people they've always known, and they don't always take in you know people from the outside quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they do attach to you, man, they're lifelong friends and uh, powerful relationships. Yeah. But had I known my uh, location more deeply, I would have known that type of approach doesn't necessarily work. So I would say, know who you are, mm-hmm. uh, lean in who, who you are and don't try to be all of those other things that everybody else is. That's not who God created you to be. That's good. And so that's really good. Uh, um, give us uh, w- w- what would you say to the other guy who's 47, who feels like they've probably passed their, their prime. I, so real quick context for me, my dad actually started a church when he was 47 as, as a senior in high school. Um, and he had been in ministry for, I don't know, two decades or more at, um, at well-established churches paying salaries and all the things. And he's like, you know what we should do? We should quit all that and go start a church. <laughs> so I kind of have yeah. been maybe where your son is maybe in that, I don't know if I, we're the same age necessarily, but like, I kind of feel that. Um, and I, you know, in the moment it was like, that sounds fun. A couple of years later, I'm like, well, this is terrible. And then now a few years, even after that, I look back and go, I'll, I'm, I appreciate that he, did the, the hard thing of stepping out with people in their mid to late forties, aren't going to do that. Um, and you got any mm-hmm. advice for that guy that's 45, maybe 50 years old. That feels like I'm done with that. Going back to the old man in the young man's game kind of thing, you know, speak to that guy. If you got anything new for that person. Well, I'm, I would say, first of all, fix whatever health problems you got. <laughs> okay. Uh, no joke. Yeah. Cause it is stamina yeah. man. it is stamina. Mm-hmm. Like, we are driving all the time. We are going all the time. And, and I mean, I'm a pretty good sized guy, but I used to be a hundred pounds more. Oh, wow. And, good for you. and I, I've lost a, a ton of weight. Uh, and still, still just because of my age, I feel it. I, I guarantee you, I feel it more than, uh, some younger people. So I would say, Mike, get healthy, stay healthy, do the best you can health wise. Um, my biggest hold back, um, it's going to be spirit. It's going to be spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was always spiritual warfare, uh, happens heavily in my health. And so in those two years I, I got COVID, I spent 12 days in the critical care unit, mm-hmm. just fighting off, not trying to stay off a ventilator. Mm-hmm. And I did, but I felt like, man, if I was younger, mm-hmm. if I, I would have, re- I would have bounced back way quicker. I would, you know, I went blind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I say that, I laugh, but I <laughs> truly went blind in my right eye, tore a retina wow. actually in the middle of preparing. We served off Austin's church 
and in the middle of preparing to serve Austin's church, because we cook a lot. That's one thing we do. We have this monstrous barbecue smoker. And so in the middle of that, literally, I went black, completely blind in my right eye. So my team packed up and went to Austin's church and <laughs> I served. Told him I said, you still got to get here, bro. You got to get <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm like, I was in the bed. No, no vision at all. My right eye. So I, and then I tore my right retina. They end up having to do a major surgery to replace that. Wow. Tore my left retina about eight months later. So, I mean, it's just, it's a battle. And and I really believe that that's spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really believe that that's, that's the enemies. And all of us are susceptible in different places. For me, it's always been my health. Yeah. If the enemy can get me down in my health, man, I, it, it, it rocks me. Yeah. And um, so whatever your weak point is, the enemy will attack it. So make sure that I would say, uh, build that up. If you're an older guy, you know your weak points. Yeah. And, and, uh, some younger guys, they don't even know they're going to have weak points in the future. Hmm. Um, but if you're an older guy, you know what your weak points are. If it's your relationship with your, your spouse, uh, the enemy will attack you there. Hmm. If it's your health, the enemy will attack you there. If it's, you know, if it's drugs or alcohol or something, some other kind of, you know, vice, whatever, whatever your weak point is, that's where the enemy is going to come after you. That's good. You could so, probably uh, lose another 30 pounds too if you cut that beard. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's really, it's all yeah, in your maybe. face right there on your hair, on the hair. Man, <laughs> right there. Okay. That's hey, that's, that's brilliant wisdom because earlier you were talking about, I don't even, I, at the time, I don't even know what I don't know. And so I, I appreciate that advice and the wisdom that you're pushing into the future. Uh, Cause that, that is really, really good stuff. And it, like you said, that's, that's just classic old man stuff. I've spun around the planet a few more or spun around the sun, I guess a few more times. And so I've seen it and that's, that's good. Yeah. I, I appreciate that wisdom. All right. Last, last thing, this is more for Austin and this is unique because we're talking to, in this case, y'all two know each other and Trent, I know we've met that one time, but um, Austin, I'm putting you on the spot. Maybe let's yep. encourage Trent, but maybe speak into what does he do well? Send, send him into the future of his church plant based on what you know, what you've seen. Uh, and maybe other people listening will pick up on some of this gold that you're going to maybe tell him, if nothing else, just the encouragement. But I'd love for you just kind of speak oh, in his man, future. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Hey, take, oh, take, take some yeah, notes, I'm man. Excited. Get some I'm tissues ready. out. You know? I'm ready. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready. Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, in this whole planting journey, we, we started in September 2020. And uh, Trent... And I met in October of 2019 mm-hmm. and has been the singular most encouraging voice in our ear Good. Uh, to tell us to keep going, even as he hasn't started yet. Mm. <laughs> and um, and I think that's incredible on his side to have the intentionality to say, hey, I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to call Austin on a Monday and I'm going to see how was church, how did things go, celebrate with the wins that we had. And even when he may feel like on his end that things aren't going the way he wanted for this was a year and a half, mm. September 2020, all the way through February of 22, when they launched finally a year and a half later, Trent was always just dropping in, mm. dropping in, dropping in to this day, calling, texting, how's it going and making it about somebody else and how he can encourage or lift up somebody else. And so he's been an incredible for that. And that's that's kept us going yeah. in a lot of ways. And so uh, it's something that we've picked up from Trent mm. and now trying to duplicate that not only within our team, but also with other planters, other people. So that's been uh, incredible to to have that relationship with you, Trent. So keep doing that because I need, I need those Monday calls, bro. Keep calling me. <laughs> hey, and that, that's good. I, can, Hang on. I was wanting to have a- 
Oh, hang on. Hang on. Let me just add to that and say that I, that's yeah. actually good wisdom for even the next young guy too. Um, and you just, yeah. you just obviously alluded to that. Awesome. But uh, everybody's like, okay, well, when I get out older, I'll be more encouraging or when I know something or, or in this case, launch something, I'll, I'll know something. But I think that's really good is you can be the thing somebody else needs. Uh, and you know, you've also heard, uh, there's a cliche that I'll butcher, but it's the idea of like the thing that you need the most might be the thing you need to give. Um, and yep. so, so that, that's, that's real yes. solid wisdom and encouragement to you, Trent, but obviously it was wisdom for, for anybody else listening. So Trent, sorry, I stepped on your toes. What you got? No, man, I will tell you, I'm, I'm glad that's an encouragement to Austin. Uh, I, I don't, I do it mostly for Austin. I don't always, I don't do it all completely for Austin <laughs> because we did learn literally, man, in that year and a half of being homeless and unemployed, we learned that, uh, um, it's, it's a sports analogy. Uh, the team plays best when those are on the bench are in the game, mm. uh, like focused on the game, mm-hmm. you know, supporting those who are in the game uh, for that year and a half. We're like, man, we're alone. Nobody cares about us. Nobody, you know, and we learned really, really quick, dude, if you, we want to feel better about our current situation, we find somebody's in the game and pour any little thing we got into them. I mean, sometimes we don't have much, mm-hmm. but you know, yep. if we can pour, then it actually, when, when you get off the phone, you're like, man, <sighs> he's winning. And I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for him, you know, and it's actually a lift to, you know, when you're in the middle of the, when you're sitting on the bench, nobody wants to sit on the bench, mm-hmm. man. But if you can say, Hey, I had value to the, the team that's on the floor, man, then, mm-hmm. Golly, man, it changes, it changes your, your everyday. So I'm actually encouraged to encourage. I mean, it, it's good. really for me. I'm sorry. Sorry, Austin, you thought it was for you, man. It's really for me and Rachel. We, no, I'm, good. I'm glad I can encourage you by being encouraged. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm just kidding. No, we, we really did learn, man. If, if you're, if, if you suck at, or if you're, if you feels like your current situation really sucks at, at what you're supposed to be doing, find somebody who's doing it, encouraging them, yeah. invest in them any way you can. And, and, and do what you can. So that's all about relationships. That's right. Trent, dude, thank you for being on with us and chatting with us, telling us your story. Um, I I appreciate hearing the whole, the long story where you were with the EMS Florida, the whole bit. I just really encouraging, uh, uh, cross path name of your church. What's the website? Yes. What's your website? Uh, Crosspath.church. Dot church. All right. People can go look there. We'll put a lot of stuff in the show notes too. So, um, man, again, thank you. Good to see your face and the hair on your face and hear your story. Yeah. Uh, and well, you in a creepy bad. basement of some face. other person's house, man, this just, just gets better. <laughs> yes. I feel like we could put this that podcast on a few different you, genres man. right there. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so that projector behind me is legit on the front wall in front of me. Uh, if you saw the screen, yeah. that, I mean, this guy's tech savvy. That's so funny. Yeah, screen, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's a little creepy it's right now, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's dark in this theater room. So. All right, I'll hit stop here in just a second and uh, stay with us so this thing can keep uploading. But Cross Path, uh, Trent Travis, thanks so much, buddy. We'll see you.